0: Welcome back to the Life IQ podcast, where the goal is always to learn something. My name is David Odejo. I'm an aspiring dog dad, entry-level vlogger, and former aquatic activity liability. On today's episode, the question we're trying to answer is what's next in part one of my conversation with Fahad Al-Hattab. Fahad's path to leadership began with philanthropy, compelled by his background as an at-risk immigrant from a low-income family He raised over $1 million for local charities, founded a camp for underprivileged children, and was awarded Canada's Top 20 Under 20 Award for his dedication to the community. Built on 13 years of experience of assembling successful teams, Fahad identified the tried and true ingredient that set high-performing teams apart from competitors. They had leaders who prioritized team performance over individual success. He named them Unicorn Leaders. He named them Unicorn Leaders. He has spoken to over 50,000 people across North America on leadership and been named Rising Star Speaker and Most Entertaining Speaker by the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers. Working alongside his team at Unicorn Labs, Fahad is committed to giving startup founders the leadership skills to build unicorn companies. He delivers team-building retreats and customized training programs that upgrade staff and startup managers into self-driven leaders. From this bio alone, you can tell my dude is extra. He's doing the most, but I was so excited to have him on this episode. Uh, The conversation we had was natural, it was organic. We had lots of laughs, but a lot of really key takeaways and practical advice that you can take away from this episode. So with all that being said, let's get into it. Stop tap dancing around the conversation. Okay, man, we're back. We are back to another episode of the Life IQ podcast. I know y'all can't see me right now, but I hope you can hear this big ass smile I have on my face because today's guest is one that I've been excited to talk to for a minute. I've been like prepping the episodes to make sure, like, yo, I gotta get the I gotta get the perfect episode for my guy to come on because I know once he's here, he's gonna drop some wisdom. We actually like have been in similar worlds before we knew we were in similar worlds. Um, we're both Ottawa boys. Uh, we both went to Colonel By High School, which at one point I think was the number one high school, probably in Canada. I think it was Canada. Don't call me on that, but I think it was Canada, number one high school. Um, we both played played basketball at Colonel By. Um, I don't know if you remember this, bro, but when you were in grade twelve. I think I was in grade nine. Is that, does that age line up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually, I actually tried out for the senior boys basketball team. So um, I I was, I moved from the States and everybody in the States told me Canadians are trash at sports. So I thought, (laughs) this is how cocky I was. I thought my grade nine level skill coming from America was going to be better than grade 12s. In Canada, I don't
1: remember this. I don't remember yeah. you trying out. That's hilarious.
0: And it was like one of the hardest days of my life because physically, like obviously, I was fourteen compared to like eighteen year olds, yeah. um, and the coach was very focused on conditioning. So I don't even think we really touched the basketball.
1: And we Mr. just did MC a lot just of made running. Us run.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I said, "This isn't for me. I'm not. I'm not built for this yet." Uh, but. Through, through like the way life happens, we got reconnected at Carleton University. He served on the student union as president, so did I. This is someone that I've gone to so many times in my life for advice, um, always has words of wisdom, someone I always learned from. He's now a very successful entrepreneur running his own business. He's also a fellow podcaster. Check out the Unicorn Leadership podcast. All that being said, you can, it sounds like he's a very impressive guy. But he still can't beat me one on one in basketball. <laughs> I'm excited to have my guy, Fahad Alatab. Welcome, man, to the Life IQ podcast. How is it going? Yeah, David, thanks for having me,
1: man. I knew as soon as you said as soon as you started mentioning basketball, I said, Oh, it's gonna it's gonna be I a chirp session, it. bro. It's all good. We you just gotta remind it. everyone about how I school you all the time. Like
0: that's that's <laughs> Oh man. We just have to plug it, bro. Cause <laughs> I think I think the reason why I take basketball games against you so seriously is because of that grade nine tryout you know what I mean like Like, I think (laughs) all these years I've just kept that chip on my shoulder like yo this guy made the team and I couldn't so every time we play I gotta teach him a lesson
1: that's actually hilarious I totally didn't know you came and you came out uh you came out last winter to play for our our little rec team I wasn't there when you came out and uh supposedly you guys lost when when you were there and then we won when I was there so
0: yeah that doesn't tell the whole story it's one of those ones where (laughs) It's like, did we, did the other team beat us? or Did we beat ourselves? I think we beat ourselves. Um, I actually was getting buckets that game, bro. I hadn't played in a minute. I was actually really surprised. Um, But I'm happy to know I actually heard you were getting buckets and Gavin was uh, just brick city. Yeah, Gavin (laughs) was struggling. But I'm happy to know you guys, you know, pulled out a championship even without me. It's nice to know that, like, at least I had an impact on team morale, yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Because I don't know if you guys exactly. were on that trajectory before I, I played on the team. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you made man. all the difference, David. That was it.
0: <laughs> appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Well, I'm I'm so happy to have you come on the show and really appreciate your time. Um, We're going to be chatting about a lot of stuff today and hopefully giving some, like, really tangible takeaways when it comes to the question that we're talking about Um, on this season. Before that, just want to you know, see how things are going on your end. Like, what's up with you? How's life? What have you been up to? I know you're doing a lot, but maybe like a snippet of the more recent things you've been working on.
1: Good, uh, good question. Um, what's up? What's up in life? I think I think it's an interesting phase. That's why I think when you sent me these these some of these questions, uh, I've, I've been they've they've caused me to really reflect. I hope I hope I hope you know that. I hope you know these questions of made me reflect, you know, life's been, it's, it's, it's in a fun phase right now. I think it's a phase where the business has got traction. We're, we're growing, we're scaling, you know, we're not at a phase where we're just trying to make ends meet. We're, we're trying to tackle, how do we grow this? How do we scale this? How do we improve where we are? Which is a fun place, a difficult place. Um, but that's good. I mean, in terms of health, I'm I'm trying different sport. I've been biking this summer. You know, I got me one of them, I like that. the bikes, road bikes. I got I had to get the spandex, bro, and and the, oh, and the bike like shorts that. because the bike shorts oh, they got a cushion in them, bro. They have padding. That's yeah, why yeah. people wear them. I was always confused. So I've I've got the shorts and the and the, I did I did uh, I did fifty kilometers. You know that was my let's like which is
0: for bikers not a lot but like for me you know. But getting into it, that's impressive. Yo, yeah. another question: Do you so do you still have like regular bike pedals on your bike, or do you have the shoes that clip into like the? Half so pedal? I got the I got the shoes
1: that clip in, but I got a I got a hybrid. I got on one side it's a clip in, and on one side it's a regular pedal because it's like okay. beginners who you know if you don't get your once clip you go, in right. Once you go
0: all the way to clip in, that's how I know you're serious because. Yeah. That You have to clip in to like be able to ride the bike. I didn't know that until recently.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it makes all the difference because it actually changes your form. You're not just pushing on the pedal. You're, there's a pull that gives you a bit of momentum, and that's why you clip in is because now you're actually creating energy both when you push and when you pull the full cycle of yeah, uh, when you're biking, and so it actually makes wow. going uphill easier. You can go faster, conserve more energy, all that stuff. Anyways, I mean, I mean, that's that's been fun. I've been biking. I've been I got I'm playing basketball, playing volleyball, kind of getting back into my sports, which has been fun. Settle in with the fall. And then mm-hmm. got this house, man. This the house project is a whole project on its own. Doing a lot of yes, the renovations of the house, enjoying it, and and I think I think really enjoying this part and this phase of my life. In addition to trying to kind of build for for what's next.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that, bro. And there's a lot of things that you touched on there that I don't want to spoil. We're gonna talk about a little bit more uh, in the episode when it comes to what you're doing for work, what the business actually is talking a little bit about sports. And I feel like we share similar struggles when it comes to a very certain sport that we're <laughs> gonna talk about. Um, and I think that's a perfect segue into the question that we're, we're trying to tackle today. And that question is, what's next? Um, really wanted to chat with you based on your experiences and the stage of life that you're in right now, um, talking about things like making life decisions, planning for the future while staying present and also practicing gratitude. And I think the reason this question is so important is oftentimes it's like very countercultural to actually enjoy the moment and sit mm-hmm. in these things that we've worked so hard to accomplish. It's like, all right, I got the house. What's next? Like mm-hmm. what what's mm-hmm. the next thing to get done? Um, and oftentimes like we don't really, we don't really sit in those things and appreciate them. And like I said on episode one, I don't think planning for the future is unimportant um, quite the opposite. It's very important, but it's kind of like that balance between, the process of remaining ambitious and striving for more, but also dealing with that constant pressure that we might feel or maybe not feel about knowing what's what's upcoming
1: yeah yeah no I think I think that's that's a it's a good question David as I've been saying
0: you know you know one of the things
1: that's next that I, I'm gonna totally take this off course for a second that I'm really looking yeah. forward to is our trip next month Ooh, we've got we, <laughs> you know I don't know when this episode's gonna go out maybe we'll already be on our trip when the episode's out yeah. but I'm, I'm looking forward to a month with the boys in November in Mexico. I think that's man. That's gonna be pillar. That's 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 a mem- core memory. That's gonna be a yeah. core lifetime memory. You know, so I that's agree, th- man. Definitely. That's de- that's what's next. That's what's immediately next that I'm looking forward yeah. to. Right. So
0: <laughs> man, retweet. And the cool thing I was thinking about recently is like when we started talking about this. I think it was, it was around June. Because I remember Zamir was in Toronto and we caught a couple of games with the NBA Finals together. And before he headed back, I was like, "Yo, like, let's make this happen." Because we had been talking about it for a while. We talked about a bunch of different spots and ended up being like this boys' trip that we're going on. And the cool thing that I, I was thinking about is like, it's so cool to go from like, kick group chat inception, inception where I think it was Instagram, and you like gauge, okay, who's down? And then it's like, okay, now we're moving it to iMessage, and it's like, okay, yo, everyone book your tickets, and it's still chill. And then recently, it's like daily messages. Like things are getting real. And now we're booking excursions. We're booking the chef, all this kind of stuff. I I also agree. I think it's going to be a core memory, not only for this year, but for a lifetime. And if anyone who's listening, I don't know when this is going to come out. I don't know if we'll already be on the trip. But if it just in case it comes out before, if you know a local cinematographer in Mexico. (laughs) uh, You're
1: making this happen, eh? You're trying to make this happen. Please let us know.
0: Because I have this vision of like a feature film recapping the 30 days that were there and it needs to come to life. So if you know somebody or you know someone who knows someone, reach out and, and it's put It's too us on. bad we, we didn't get
1: Dickie that. out on the trip, eh? Yeah.
0: Dickie, if you're <laughs> listening to this, I hope the FOMO gets you, man. Cause you could have had a blast. Um all right, bro. Let's let's kind of dive into to this question. And before actually getting into what's next, I want to talk about what has come before. So um I would love to know what Unicorn Labs is and a little bit about the story behind that, and maybe you'll tap into like some of your previous experiences, but the inspiration for actually starting this business and getting it to the point that it's at today.
1: Yeah, yeah, good question. <clears throat> so, so what is Unicorn Labs? Let's start there, and then and then we'll kind of go back to a little bit of origin story. But you know, I often describe the origin story from a very organic perspective of kind of how it came about. But I, I'm also gonna I'm gonna add a twist to it today because I think. I don't usually share the deeper philosophy as to, you know, why I engaged in the way I did. So I'll kind of, I'll kind of go through that. I mean, fundamentally unicorn labs, we got, we help, we help leaders, we help entrepreneurs, uh, managers develop into high, highly effective leaders. So we help managers and entrepreneurs develop highly effective leaders that can create high performing teams that ultimately scale business. Um, so fundamentally we're a leadership development, uh, agency. Uh, We've got a team across Canada um, and we work with companies across North America and we work with executives and we work with managers on the necessary skills they need themselves to level up, but what they need to do for their teams in order to create that high performing team with the ultimate kind of vision of scaling the business and scaling your startup. And so you know, we do that in multiple ways, whether it's coaching, whether it's workshops, whether it's keynotes, but fundamentally it's our program. We have a intensive leadership development program that we take people through and it's cohort based learning and companies will hire us to run their entire entire management teams through it. Um, so that's where we're at. It's not anywhere near where we began. Like <laughs> even mm-hmm. just the clarity of being able to, to kind of say that succinctly has been a journey in its own. A lot of this started in, you know, during our student union days, uh, you know, so so during student union days, I would go out to high schools because high schools would ask me to come out and talk about my leadership experience as a student leader and, uh, you know, do these little talks. We do these workshops on like finding challenges in your community that you care about and what you can do about it. And that was that was the, the, the theme. Is there a problem in your community you care about? And is there action steps that you can take? And what kind of leader do you need to become to do that? And so we, we were developing these community challenges, um, and that all stemmed from this, you know, story that I often tell—the March Break Camp that we started while we were in high school, going through university—and it kind of really gained a lot of momentum. And then when I was at the student union, I was doing a few schools here and there. So all that started there. I would, I was doing schools. I was that, you know, the high yeah. school pep rally, you know, you get in that the gym, guy. you get, you got yeah. your motivational St- was
0: speaker. It? Student council president. Yeah. yeah. Student yeah. council president when I was in grade nine too. I was like, this yeah. guy is doing the most. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: well, that was it, right? Like, <laughs> And, and so I would do these motivational talks and, you know, the, I can't hear you, you know, when you go in Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, but it was about pumping people up and it was, it, it the, the key message was about finding the leader within you. And so, you know, I was doing that and I was doing 50, 60, 70 schools a year, traveling across the country, doing that mm. after university. And it was fun. It was exciting. It it, it like, it's energizing. Um, And then what kind of happened was um, I had a few, a few different friends who uh, were working on startups, kind of face similar challenges to the things I was teaching in the leadership uh, kind of education space. You know, I was I was doing work for the universities, I was doing work with teachers on developing leadership programs for their students, and one of my buddies was like, "Hey, Fad, I'm having, I'm having these conflict problems in my team. Like, you know, two different employees are having challenges, and so on and so forth." And I was like, oh, yeah, I can come in and walk you through a kind of a framework on teamwork and, and help them walk through it. And it was stuff, David, I, I mean, if you, you remember this, at the student union, like we part of the training, we did team right. leadership training. Like that was some of the stuff on like, what does it mean to be a leader? What does it mean to create good teamwork? And so it was some of that same, same stuff that I just started to share with some of my startup friends. And that kind of started rolling through. The, that's kind of a bit of the organic piece. But if I kind of pull back for a moment. I've always personally been obsessed with like how we create the most impact in society. How do you, how do you actually improve human life? Okay. This is like the underlying red thread for me. And one of the key things that I came to understand in university was like, man, technology is the single thing that has moved society forward. It's, the, it's the, like the, the largest impact. And so I kind of got obsessed with the idea of how do we create the biggest impact possible in our life? Because I believe that's the single hu- human purpose that we all share, right? Yeah. It's yeah. you and I are on this journey of how do we create life that is better when we're gone, right? And that's, that's probably a single human kind of purpose that we all share. And so obsessed with that idea, I kind of fell in love with entrepreneurship and the tech space while I was in university studying political science and economics. But I realized that my strength and my skill set wasn't technical. Like, I, I was a, you know did a BA. And so I was like, where can I help? I, I realized I'm really good at this team stuff. I'm really good at this leadership stuff. I'm really good at helping people kind of see the value in themselves and unlocking their potential. Yeah. And I remember writing down a personal mission statement because I was at one of these personal development conferences and you know they make you do that. And some people love it and some people was make it, fun of uh, me for it.
0: But I was Was it my guy Tony Robbins or a different one? I
1: did go to Tony Robbins, but no this was before Tony way. Robbins. This was this was oh, before Tony crazy. Robbins. Um uh, <clears throat> so I it was someone teaching uh, the seven habits of highly effective people. It was it was a kind of a personal mastery class. And you got to write it down. And I wrote, you know, I wanna change the world by unlocking human potential in areas of technology so i want to help the world and i'm going to do it by helping humans their talent potential Mm -hmm. in the industries of tech and i had and i had written that but had no understanding or any way how was i actually going to get involved in this because i had no idea
0: just for context how long ago would you say that was that you
1: That was in, in, in like second, third year university. So more than a decade now. Yeah. So 10 years. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that, so, 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 so then go back to the leadership stuff I was doing with students. I was like, okay, I'm fulfilling part of that personal mission. That also fell in my lap because it was like teachers asking me to come. I remember the first time, um, uh, uh, A teacher asked me, it was my brother's guidance counselor from high school who called me and he said, hey, Fahad, I heard you're doing this, these talks for students. And I was, I was in university. I was like, yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. He's like, I'd love for you to come talk to our grade 12s. And I was like, yeah, no problem. Like, happy to come. Like, what do you want an hour presentation about like the camp? They're like, yeah, yeah. I was like, great. He's like, well, how much do you charge? Mm. I was like, "Mm -hmm. um, What? He's like, yeah, how much you charge? I was like, oh, I'm, I've been doing this stuff for free. Like, what? So I'm a volunteer. Like, I was right. like, come and volunteer at the school. Like, what do you mean? It's just, it's just a talk. Right. He's like, no, 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 if I, had, I I pay our speakers. He's like, tell me how much. How much do you want to get paid? And I was like. I get paid $12 an hour.
0: So, <laughs> this guy so, fumbled the bag. But, yeah,
1: yeah. I was like, I get paid $12 an hour. I probably need an hour or two of prep, maybe an hour of travel. You know, I was like, what, well, yeah. like three, hour, four hours of work, four hours at $12. You know, I was like, yeah, bucks, 50 right? bucks. You know? Yeah, yeah. And he was like, I paid my last speaker $750. I was like, You paid what? Yeah. He's like, Yeah, I paid my last speaker $750. Would you like me to pay you that? I'm like, I'm sitting there, like, how many dollars a minute is that? You know? Yeah. Like, you know You're like, yeah, I can't even comprehend. Like, yeah. I was like, what do you mean? $750? It was insane to me at the time, right? Like mm-hmm. that was that was and I, I like, okay, sure. And and I remember I spent more time preparing for that presentation than I had ever prepared. Uh, because the stakes were high. Now someone's giving me money. I can't just wing this. So I went and I and I and I did my talk. And I just truly shared what happened with the camp how we overcame obstacles what we were trying to do and i just had so much fun doing it and the principal came to me afterwards and was like you were one of the best speakers we've ever had and i was like well then maybe i should get paid more than
0: 750 (laughs) dollars Have
1: the double that rate and so anyway so i kind of fell into that and then realized that there's a whole industry into it and then started putting intention behind it um And then the same thing with the startups. I was doing all this leadership stuff. And then I fell into my buddy wanted us to come to do a workshop on, on, on personality dynamics on teamwork. Sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. Went and did that. And he paid me double what I would get paid at a school. And I was like, wait a second, there's a bigger market here of of a similar skill set. And then another friend was like, oh, Fahad, I'm running a retreat for our team and I'm not sure what to do. And I was like, wait a second, I've run these retreats with Student Union. We've done a ton of retreats. I'm like, I have an idea. I can plan out a thing for you. He's like, okay. So I sat down and planned out an agenda for him. And I was like, do you need someone to facilitate it? He's like, yeah, man, that would be awesome. So I, okay, I'll facilitate a retreat for you. And when I started facilitating a retreat, and I saw my two worlds marry, this idea Mm. of talent development and being involved in the tech space really become more solidified and as I started to do it, I started to f- see other people in this space and I think we we can we need to find we need to see other people doing what we want because it makes it real
0: mm.
1: when we see someone who's doing exactly what we want, we suddenly realize they're human it's attainable it's attainable it's normal it's it's right there what, what there's and, and the part that you realize is that oh, shit, there's no difference between them and me.
0: Mm -hmm. The only only difference is that they're doing it. They're doing it, and I want to do it. They're spending
1: time. Yeah, yeah, like, that's the difference, right? And so... There's a long origin story in Unicorn Labs is, is that you know we went from leadership development in the education space to leadership development in small teams small tech startups and we were doing teams of 5 10 15 and at the same time I was learning a ton I remember I pulled up a curriculum for uh, one of the MBA schools and I would find some of the textbooks or their authors of certain keys on organizational behavior because I was like I don't got time to do an MBA but I yeah. want to learn I want to learn the leading sciences on on organizational behavior what do I need to read I bought a bunch of the textbooks I started reading them i all of the harvard business review books and i was like okay i'm i'm learning all the leadership development and 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 pieces academically I'm doing it actively. I've been in a ton of leadership roles. I've had several teams. You know, we had the Frank, uh, Frank is a full tech startup. We had a few other teams that that kind of came to be. And so I was applying my own experiences. I was applying the research that I was finding. And then the more time I spent with clients, the more I also learned on, okay, this works, this doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Um, And we slowly developed a, a really effective program that I think took a very human approach and team approach to leadership development.
0: That's that's dope. I think that context is really important um, just for some of the things that we want to talk about. And you've kind of already answered my next question, which was going to be like how much of that or how much of what what was next? Like, let's take a step 10 years back, 12 years back. How much of that period of time was structured planning versus how much was it just like going with the flow? It sounds like at least early stages from doing these talks at different schools in, in Ottawa to planning that first retreat a lot of it was just going with the flow. A guy's like, yo, how much do you wanna get paid? You're doing like minimum wage multiplication of what <laughs> it would work like at McDonald's, not really knowing like what the full value of this is. And eventually you got to a point where you're like, okay, if someone's asking me for a service, I'm gonna attach some sort of like a fee or whatever to it. Um, but at what point, you know, you, you mentioned like writing down that that mission statement, you talked about things like impact, um, and like building people up, at what point did you stop going with the flow? And you were like, okay, this is what I want to do. Like, this is the type of business I want to build. Because um, I think it's important to know what that kind of thought process is like, right? You, I don't think personally. This is my opinion, and and I could be wrong. I don't think that in kind of like the entrepreneurship space, it's always just gonna be going with the flow. And you know, this idea of being super agile that we always talk about. At some point there is going to be like that need for planning what's next. Like we've talked about a little bit already. So at what point did that switch or that like change or transition start to happen for you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, it's, it's funny because I, me telling you the story has your interpretation, seeing it as very organic. And it, and it was because the moments of like pivot or the moments of aha were organic, but I should show you all the year like I'm I'm an extremely goal oriented like every year I set goals I have goals going back 10 years now every January a new set of goals and you can you can see the progression of the goals and it's kind of cool because I've got a notebook where I wrote goals about how I want to do leadership development for tech companies you know eight eight years ago eight seven years ago and it's like whoa wait we made it Mm. so was it intentional was it organic? it you know is is really interesting because I don't know is probably the right answer. Yeah. But I think I think, you know, there's an element of you manifest what, what you you look for what you have intention behind, right? When you, you buy a new Toyota, you see Toyotas on the road, right? Like you buy a yellow car, all you see are yellow cars. So I think part of the intention allows you to see the opportunity. Mm. But unless the opportunity shows up organically when you force it, it doesn't work. I think any time in my life where I've tried to force an opportunity, it's backfired. But when there was organic kind of growth of an opportunity, and then I put intention to see it, there was, you know, it really grew. So I think it's like if an opportunity presents itself and you put a ton of intention behind it, that's when we see some of these things grow. So, how much of life has been structured? I don't know. I set a lot of goals, so I put a lot of intention behind it. But I don't think... I think life chooses you in many ways, right? Like, uh, y- 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 yeah. you, you choose from that which you know and which you're exposed to. Unless someone exposes us to an idea, you'll never choose it. If I ask you, what's your favorite movie? You can't choose a movie that you've never, never seen. seen yeah. you can only You can only choose from a movie you've seen. So... Unless someone tapped me on the shoulder and they did and said, Hey, I think CUSA could be interesting for you in the student union. I don't know. Would I have ever gone down that path? I mean, student politics was always in my mind because I did was a president of my high school. Mm. But why? Because my brother was a president of his high school. So I was following footsteps. It's a marriage
0: of a bunch of different things. I think the one thing that you're kind of saying without exactly saying it is there's certainly the aspect of, Like things happened organically. But I think like the other thing, even just like hearing you tell your story is you knew what you wanted. Like you knew the kind of space you wanted to be in. But it's like that preparation piece. Like that's something that actually we haven't really talked about with other people. Like on this, what's next question is like, okay, I know what's next. And a lot of the time we focus on the point in which you make the decision. Okay, I'm going to apply for this job. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start doing these speeches i'm going to start running these retreats but like you said like you're doing these these talks in in high school that you could probably most of them most of them do off the cuff like you do them enough and the target audience will be the same more or less like obviously some high schools might be a bit more diverse than others and you you cater the speech that you're you're saying but then you get to the point where you're like okay now i'm doing retreats for other professionals similar age or older than me and you bought a bunch of textbooks and prepared like I'm not going to take the MBA, but I'm going to learn these other things. So it's like that aspect of like, maybe it's not as detailed of a plan. And I know you're a planner and you're goal oriented and stuff like that. But for other people, like some some people don't have as detailed as plans, but investing that time into the preparation of like, when this opportunity that's next up actually presents itself, I'm ready. Or like, I'm in a better position to like make that decision. So I think that's like, what I'm understanding from, from what you're saying and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong is like, there's a bit of the organic aspect. There's a bit of like seeing someone else do it and you're like, okay, I can do that too. There's a bit of knowing what you like. And there's a bit of like preparing for when that opportunity does present itself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think that is a, I think that is a good summary. And you know what, honestly, the, the biggest one out of those last few that you mentioned is seeing someone do it, man. Mm -hmm. When I met another youth speaker, who told me they were making $60,000, dollars $80,000 talking to high school students. Mm. I was like, wait a second, what? You? Wait, uh, I can do that. Like, mm. you're good, but like, I, I can be that good. Like, I, I'm mm-hmm. not, that's 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 not, you know, that was real. And then when I I, I met the, a number, of, I joined the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers, and I met all these different speakers who were speaking on leadership development for different kind of companies. And I was like, wait a second. I, I, I see what you're doing. I have those same skills. And then I volunteered for one. I volunteered for another. I had a, a mentor of mine, Julian LeBlanc, who runs Blueprint Consulting. I went to one or two of his retreats. I watched. I was like, I could do this, mm. right? Like it just made it real. Mm. I met I met one. I, I met a friend who was who, who built a seven figure business doing uh, uh, educational business, right, with courses and training. I was like, Se- seven figures? you. Wait a sec. It's doable, right? right? Like, cause I th- I think it's like we, we I don't know. We know it's doable. We tell ourselves it's doable, but then you meet a friend doing it, and you're like,
0: yeah, huh, it's
1: right there. Right? I agree. Like, man.
0: I agree. I actually like had um a really great conversation with like uh one of the Shopify like career slash life coaches. It, w- it was my first time. Like I think it was like last month or a couple months ago. Really sick guy. Um, this other like black dude uh, living in London. So he hopped on with a British accent, jacked guy. I was like, this guy's literally like the coolest guy in the world. I was like, bro, coach my life right now. Like my life is in your hands, coach me. Um, and one of the exercises was like, asking about my current role, asking me like my aspirations for the future, similar thing, like, what do you see yourself doing? And yeah, he put it a better way. He was like, what kind of, what kind of role like, if you had to explain the role that you would be in to me, what what is it? Like, mm-hmm. how much are you making? What are you doing? Who are you speaking with? Who are you selling to? So I explain all this stuff. And then he's like, okay, like, how many people in your network right now can you reach out to that are just, like, the role you've explained?
1: That are doing it. Yeah. And he's yeah. like,
0: and I, like I think of a few people. I'm like, okay, I think, like, this many. And he's like, okay. And are those people that you could, like, reach out to and, like, have a conversation? I'm like, yeah. He's like, all right, before the next time we speak like that's like homework and for me like that was like a little bit of a mindset shift not even from the aspect of recognizing who these people are because that's something that you do and like i have so much respect for this person and i admire the way they work but like having that conversation of like yo like this is like what i think is next for me this is like where i'm trying to get to like how'd you do it yeah i mean like how can i do it and that's something that even hearing you say is like kind of reinforcing that. I haven't done that homework yet. I got to do it. Bro, That's were you convicting. waiting? <laughs> That's convicting. I got to go here's, do that. Here's but. the
1: other piece to it, David. There's, a, there's an old saying. They say, uh, mm-hmm. a kind of a saying. they say, don't meet your heroes in real life because they'll disappoint you. It's a kind of a sad saying. They say, don't meet your heroes in real life because you realize they're human. You realize they're fallible, right? It's like when you read about Martin Luther King Jr. and you're like, he, he's phenomenal. And then you're like, oh, he had an affair. Mm-hmm. How you feel now, right like you it you, you almost hurts your hero just just slightly because you're like ah, ah, yeah i'm gonna look over that because I like the hero piece of him i think I think that saying is wrong, and the reason I think that saying is wrong is because I want you to meet your hero because you can realize you can become them mm. because when you realize they're human, you realize you can become them that you can do that, and so that that's one the other thing is we far too often take Advice from people who are not in our context and people who are not in our phase. And so, you know, you hear advice of 70 year olds who say, you know, it's all about relationships, it's not about money, it's about the time. That's because they have money and they have low time you're 70 years old you got 10 years 15 years you know you're 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 low time but you might have money you're retired so your context is flipped flipped versus your your context might be man i got time i don't have money mm-hmm. so my context is flipped so listening to that advice doesn't work but listening to advice of someone who's just in your in the next phase for you
0: right that
1: that works you know i think if i go back to the question here of like knowing what's next i think a lot of people just need to go and meet different people that are in those phases that they think they might enjoy as you said right yeah like i might like this or i might like this or i might like that there's people doing it go meet those people
0: and i like that you mentioned one of your mentors um because i think perfect segue into my next question obviously you've you've done a lot and i mean i've been privy to like watching everything from like when you were traveling around doing like these high school speeches to Unicorn Labs now and like I remember like the standalone website I remember when it was like I gotta get to 10k followers like everybody (laughs) follow as much as you can and there's like Fifteen year olds like following your account. I'm like, bro, What is going on? I still
1: got I still got some kids out there, bro.
0: Yeah. I'm like, what is going on, man? Like my guy's marketing to like tech businesses and fifteen year olds at the same time. Um and obviously It was like, an interesting transition man, phase, bro. It was, it was messy, I'm gonna tell you. But hey, you find something you found something that worked. Um so like thinking about, you know, what's next for you without like having to have an answer, like do you feel a certain amount of pressure to to know what's next? Like and if you do, is that external? Is that like, quote unquote, society putting that on you? Is that internal coming from yourself or like your family? Like, talk a little bit about, about that.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's a good question. Um, I think, I think the, the, water, the, the, the grass is always greener where we water it. The skill we develop is the one we worked on fundamentally. And the skill that I've developed is to be able to see where I am, where I want to go and what I need to do to get there. So my mind obsesses over where I am, where I want to go and what I need to do to get there because it's the skill I've developed. So what I'm trying to get at is that I have this obsession over trying to figure out what's next because it is the skill that I'm really good at. And one of my mentors flipped it on his head and said, Fad, people are really skilled at figuring out what's next, are really good at identifying the gap, where they are, where they want to be and what that gap is. And so as long as you're really good at identifying the gap, you are constantly going to be anxiety-ridden and unhappy because the gap is the gap of where you are and where you want to be. And so happiness itself is a skill. Being able to go with the flow is a skill. And it's something that needs to be developed. Instead of thinking of it as a state of being, it's a skill that develops. And, and I think you touched on it when you talked about Ryan Holiday's obstacle is the way in your intro and when intros and talked about not complaining, how not complaining is a skill because we default to complaining, we we default to, and so when you asked me that question, where does the, do I feel pressure of what's next? Yeah, I do. And I think it's internal and I obsess over it. Um, I always write, you know, I, I, I write build for 2030. Mm. Okay. This is like my constant little thing that I write. And I started it in 2020 because I realized those who are winning in 2020 were building in 2010. So those who are going to win in 2030 are the David Oladejos that are building since 2020. They've been building for 10 years and, and they've been on a, on, on a trajectory building. And so part of me feels that that saying both gives me pressure, but also gives me breathing room because it's a decade
0: right.
1: building for 2030 I don't have the book now. I don't have all the additional trainers. I don't have all the business I want. I don't I'll have it all now. I don't have the audience I want now, but that's okay because I'm building for 2030. So, so it gives me pressure, but then it just expands it and says, but you got time and, and, and use your time. I think truly the pressure comes from an unhealthy place, if I'm really honest, but it comes from not achieving who I think I can become. And 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 not achieving like not maximizing the full potential that you have. My my biggest fear is living through life having not maximized my full potential. And so I think my pressure comes in from this, you know, am I gonna, you know, die one day, look back at the real and be like, huh, I I did those things. I missed a few along the way, all good. Mm. But I, I lived to my potential. I helped where I could help. I tried. I was in the ring. I was the man in the arena. I wasn't the, I wasn't the man standing on the side. I got beat up along the way, but I tried. I need to know I tried. Mm. And I think that's the pressure I create for myself. And I think as long as I can figure out a way to also build all the other pieces around it, I think it could be I think it can be healthy. And I'm learning that. Yeah. Like I think I'm I think I'm definitely learning ways to make that pressure healthy cuz I don't think that pressure itself is unhealthy. I think it's the context around that pressure yeah. that can make it unhealthy. But that pressure is is a drive. It's it's what allows me to to push myself. Um and, and, and yeah, so there's a there's a very convoluted way of answering your question.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, man, I'm I'm just making a note here cuz um you mentioned like you've you've started to figure out ways of making that pressure healthy. And I definitely want to talk about that because I think, I think everyone can relate to that. Um, I think what can be what some of the differences with, with everyone is like the point in time in which you like have that realization of like, yo, if I did die and there was a real of my life, uh, I'm talking like a, what are the, what's the new gen? Gen Z. I said real, but a <laughs> movie, there's a movie of my <laughs> life. Um, and I watched it. Like, would I be satisfied? I think, the difference between us is like when like that might start to matter a little bit more. You know what mm. I mean? Like you're still in your twenties and you're thinking about that, but there's certainly people who are like, you know, when you talk about the quote unquote midlife crisis, someone might get to their fifties and be like, yo, okay, what have I done with the last 50 years? Mm. Like if I lost my life mm. tomorrow, like what have I actually done? And, and, and I think like we all in some way will go through that pressure for some people. It's more major. for some people it might be more minor, but it's something that we all will face at some point so i think it's really important that we talk about that balance because yes pressure creates diamonds but pressure can also like really screw some screw some stuff up you know what i mean so it's like how do we keep it healthy with like you're still being efficient like you're still getting the things you want to get you're achieving your goals you know you're building your family you're you're building your house all this kind of stuff that you know like it's natural to want these things or like to want something in some form um with like the marriage of like okay like let me just like be grateful for what i've accomplished and not beat myself up about the next guy who has an eight-figure business and i'm only at seven or whatever
1: so how are you asking me how, how am i making that pressure healthy right now <laughs> yeah so think
0: about that one we'll, we'll come back to it and uh, we'll talk a little bit about the flip side of this but Um, Bro, this has been a dope conversation so far. Holy, like, I'm like, even just like, you know, like, teeing up these questions, like, I'm gonna have to listen back to this and like, you know, take some notes for myself because I think there's so so many amazing things that I'm I'm thinking about for the first time or just like, remunerating on. That was a word I learned today. That's what cows do when they eat their food is like, they remunerate, (laughs) which means that like, hold up, man, I don't want to butcher, I'm gonna Google this. (laughs) is it rum, ruminating no it's ruminating oh, I, I, Renumer, rume, ruminating r-u-m-i-n-a-t it's like yeah, to think deeply about something mm. but when cows do it I think it's like something with their de- digestion but I learned that word today so I wanted to use it um, but yeah the point is like you're dropping, you're dropping bars bro uh, <laughs> let, me get, let me not get too wordy here so that's a wrap on Part one of this conversation with Fahad. Hope y'all enjoyed it. If you haven't already, man, like, rate, subscribe to the podcast, wherever you listen to this episode. Part two is drop in next Sunday with celebration of life, more life lessons. And you know, the thing about me and Fahad is we consider ourselves to be elite athletes, but there's one specific sport that we both struggle with. And we're going to be talking about that on the next episode. Hope y'all enjoyed this one. Hope you learned something. And until next time, hope you have a blessed Sunday.